All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that you are present. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We thank you um, for your leading, your guiding. We thank you for the words that you um, want us to say, God, you want me to say, God, that they may be yours. And Lord, we just thank you that your spirit is here, and we just, um, any spirit that tries to come in and, and come against your spirit, God, we just thank you that it is gone in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you that your Holy Spirit reigns here, God. Your presence reigns here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, dads. My wife tricked me into speaking on a holiday. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. It's the first one. I don't like holidays. I don't like the, uh, not ever, but um, I don't like the uh, Mother's Day, Christmas kind of. Uh, I'll do Easter. Yeah, I'll do Easter. But anyway, so I want to talk to you about dads today. Big surprise there. Um, so anyway, let me talk to you about um, kids these days. So I got some really good kids. One of them sitting there looking at me like, just say it, Dad. Come on. Just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I want to talk to you about kids and fathers. So 18.4 million kids, one in four, do not have a biological step or adoptive father in the home right now. Think about that. One in four kids. How many of you guys have four kids? Okay. You got a dad. Yes, Justin. You're on par right there. Good job. Yeah, you got all four of them. You're doing a good job. So, but one in four kids do not have a dad in the home. That, that means any kind of dad, stepdad, adoptive dad, biological dad, anything. So in that, they're affected by this. And I want to read you some statistics. And these weren't just made up. I actually found these. And, uh, I wasn't just like this. The, no, I'm just kidding. So they are four times greater risk for poverty without a dad, four times more likely to have behavioral pro- problems, two times more likely for infant mortality, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit crime, seven times more likely to be a, become pregnant as a teen, not boys, girls. We don't need to have that discussion. We know girls get pregnant. We know boys don't get pregnant. We, we already know that. More likely to face abuse and neglect, more likely to be abuse alcohol and drugs, two times more likely to suffer from obesity, and two times more likely to drop out of school. Those are staggering statistics. One in four kids without a dad. But the great thing is, when the father is present, is this. Infant mortality is lower, lower, um, excuse me, <coughs> they're at lower risk for infant mortality, lower birth rate, emotional and behavioral problems, neglect and abuse, injury, obesity, poor school performance, teen pregnancy, incur. Incarceration. There we go. I can say that's a big word today. Um, as juveniles, alcohol and substance abuse, and criminal activity and suicide. Think about this: one in four kids without a dad is is subject to so much more because they don't have a, a father figure in the house. And so I, I was thinking about this, and in our present day, we have an attack on fatherhood. We have attack on motherhood. We have attack on the natural order God created. We have a natural attack on fatherhood. Hollywood loves to make dads look like bumbling idiots. You ever watched a, a movie or a TV show lately? Any of the kids' cartoons? Their dads look like idiots. The kids save the day, the pets save the day, the moms save the day, but the dad doesn't know. He just bumbles around. This is not 
by accident. This is by design. The enemy has designed and been programming and leading people to do this. This is a, a tactic to destroy the family. Because if they can make dads look like idiots, they have the kids. This tactic is something that is throughout movies, TV shows, kids shows, anything you see, come, they, they will promote this. But we, ha- but we have the enemy's number. We understand what the enemy is doing. And we have the ability to counter that. Right. You know, we've got modern movements that are promoting this. You know, we say, oh, it's just a, it's a social movement. No, it's not. It's a satanic movement. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at um, some of the modern movements and what are they doing? They're saying we don't need dads in the house. One of the biggest ones in, in, um, uh, in the world today is BLM. What are the, their, their, their code of ethics is to destroy the nuclear family, to get rid of the nuclear family. Nuclear family is mom and dad in the home. Any organization, any kind of group that says we want to get rid of the nuclear family is from the pit of hell. We have modern feminists that say we don't need dads in the house. A mom can raise the kids by themselves. Well, we see statistics that say it can't. We see statistics that say, no, it is not true. We need dads in the home. The devil has a plan for you and your children if you don't start to live out what the word of God says about about yourself as a father and as a dad. And, excuse me, as a man and a dad. Godly dads love their kids. They nurture them and raise them. They raise them in the Lord. And the problem is, is they're few and far between. That's in the church. I don't think it's in our church because we focus on that. We, we, we try to, to raise men to show them how to be good dads, loving dads, godly dads. problem is the world's like that. The church is just a little bit better, but we can do better. Deuteronomy 6 says this, uh, 6, 6 through 9 says, and the words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk with them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign to your hand and you shall be the front frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your home and on your gates. What this is talking about is this saying that the Word of God is a training tool for us. Am I right? The Word of God can show us how to be a man. We may need some translation from people around us how to, to translate that into being a godly man, but We need the Word of God. Men, you need to be in the Word of God. If you are a father and you're in church, be in the Word of God. If you're going to be a father, be in the Word of God. If you plan on being a father, be in the Word of God. If you're a grandfather, be in the Word of God. If you're a great-grandfather, be in the Word of God. Men, get into the Word of God. There's a spirit in the world today that tells men we need to chase money, things, and wants men to remain children. To, to, to go after all of the, the fun things in life, to, to be able to, you know, do what we want to do, live the life we want to live. But that's not what the Word of God says. 
The Word of God teaches us to love our wives and love our children well. Have we all done it well all the time? No, absolutely not. None of us have. My kids can attest to that. I'm not going to get them up there and t- to testify to that, but my kids know I'm not perfect. We know our dads are not perfect. They tried with the best resources they had, the best way they could, but we, we, that's where grace comes in and we say, you know what, my dad didn't have all the tools or my dad didn't have the ability to do this well. It wasn't shown the ability to do that well, but that's where we can have forgiveness. But think about this. Uh, a child without a dad in the home is five times more likely to live in poverty. Do you know that 90% of runaways that are homeless have no father in their life? So there, there's a couple types of dads, and I want to I talk to you about those now. And the, the first one is this, and I want you guys to think about this when you are listening to this. The first one is this. It's a tragic dad. This is the father who isn't in the picture for some reason. That's either death or debilitating medical issues that they are not able to be in the, the home. And then there's the terrible dad. The father is absent for no good reason, runs off, doesn't want to have kids, shows too little interest in being a parent. Then there's the tough dad. Father's overbearing, dominating, intimidating, threatens like a drill sergeant, pushes like a a bad employer, yells like an awful coach. Tough dad abuses the family. Then there's the tender dad. This is the father, sweet, nice, but fails to protect his family, gets run over by people, allows his kids to get bullied, watches his daughters end up with trash, because he won't step in the middle of it. This family is often financially broke because the strong guys beat the dad up in business. The tender dad lets people abuse his family. Then there's the terrific dad. The dad isn't perfect, but he's godly, relational, wise, healthy, and present. That's, that's the key right there. If you want your kids to be raised in the Lord... You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be present. You have to be present. We're all guilty of not being present sometimes. We go through times of stress. We work. We're not present, but we need to be present. Present is more important than perfect. Anyway. Present knows how to be tough for the family and tender with the family. Financially, he makes good money, takes care of his family. Spiritually, he leads in the worship of God. Relationally, he is encouraging, warm and connected, warm. That's tough for some dads because we've been taught as men that we need to be abrasive and we need to be this, this type of dad that is um, kind of aloof and, and macho. Leads his family in worship of God. Relationally, he's encouraging, warm, and connected. Socially, he, nurt- he nurtures healthy relationships with other families to provide community for his family. Humbly, he makes his own mistakes and apologizes when he is wrong. So my question is, is where do we fit into that category? 
When we do, do a self-assessment, where do we fit into that category? I'm glad I'm not the tragic dad. <laughs> um, you know, we've all been a terrible dad at some point. We've all been a tough dad. We've all been a tender dad and kind of a pushover. And then other times we've been the terrific dad. But God is leading us and showing us how to be a terrific dad. Some of you guys have not had dads in your life. Some of you have had an absent father, a father who was completely out of the picture because he was you know, too selfish to do anything for anybody else but do what he wanted to do. Some of you guys don't know who your dad was. But the great thing is, is we have a heavenly father. We have a heavenly father who is the perfect father. And what he does is he allows us to come into his presence and learn from him. He allows us to have the Holy Scripture, which allows us to understand who he is as a person. I think everybody wants to be the terrific dad, right? We're not like, I want to be the tough dad. I want to be a jerk to my kids and just yell at them all the time. No. Do we yell at our kids? How many of you guys have ever yelled at their kids? Yes, exactly. Why? Because either we got too frustrated from our own insecurities or our own anger, or our kids were just ape crazy, and we're like, you just need to shut up at this moment, right? We've all felt that way. We've all done that, right? We've all yelled at our kids at some point. Does it make you a horrible or tough dad? No. It's if we choose to live in that. If we choose to, to reside in that place, that is what makes you a tough dad. But God shows us how to be a godly father. I, I, I think of it this way. You have until about the age of 10 or 12 to really implant the word of God into your kids and be a good dad because after that point, they're pretty much self-sufficient. And they will do what they want, need to do and they will do what they want to do. So we have a small period of time before we lose the ability to have connection and influence with our children. If you have daughters, that's a whole other ballgame. If you have sons, that's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. So you have two unique type of people in your family that you have to raise up. And it can't be done on our own strength. We, dads can relate to their daughters somewhat and they can relate to their sons somewhat. Like I told my wife, I said, I'm glad we did not have sons because I would be that tough dad. I would be very tough on them because I know I would love them, but I would be tough on them because I know the world that they're going into and I know the responsibility that is going to be placed on their shoulders as a man, as a man of God. I would be loving to them, but I would be tough on them because I know where the, what is going to be placed on, on top of them, the weight that's going to be on top of them. But I had daughters, so I had to learn how to become more tender and more loving and more nurturing because they needed that. Luckily, I was good at it somewhat, when, I, when they were little, as they got to be teenagers, it got a little weird, um, but it got good, but it got weird at the same time, so, but I learned from that. I'm still learning from that. I have an adult daughter and an adult-ish daughter that's adulting, and she's not an adult, but she's adulting, and I've had to learn a lot from it. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from my wife. I think men, we... we 
we want to be good dads, right? We want to love our kids, but I think we can learn a lot from our wives too. We can learn a lot from how they love the kids. We can take aspects of that because the way they love the kids is the way that God loves the kids, the way that God loves us. The litmus test for parenting, our report card, is when the children leave the home. What do our kids look like when they leave the home? What do they live like when they leave the home? And I'm not saying if your kid fall, uh, walks away from God, it's all your fault. But it is a litmus test for us as we raise our kids up. How are they going to look when they leave the home? Some of us weren't raised in the church, weren't raised with Christianity. We, we found God as an adult or, you know, older teen. So we weren't raised and we didn't know that. Some of us came into the church as 30 and 40-year-olds, and we never were in church. We didn't understand what it was to raise kids and to be a good dad, but that's okay because we have our Father in heaven who can teach us, who can show us how to do that. And sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to blow it completely. But it's, it's not about the failure. It's about what, what we do with the failure. We're going to all fail as dads. We're going to have those moments we fail, but we, it's how we get back up from that failure and, and love our wives and love our, and love our kids. You know, I, I don't think... When, when we, my wife and I were talking, I, I, when we were, before we were pregnant, we were like, how do we want to raise our kids? Because these were conversations that we, we had. I wasn't pregnant. My wife was pregnant. Thank you. I said we. Yeah, there was, yeah. I wasn't pregnant. It doesn't work that way. Um, when she was pregnant, before she was pregnant, we were like, how are we going to raise our kids? We knew what we came from. We knew the dysfunction we came from. We knew the, the poverty and, the, and the, the utter chaos that we came from as, as young kids. You know, we come from very messed up homes. And we were talking like, how do we want to raise our kids? We're like this, you know, our lives were changing. And we said, you know, this is how we want to raise our kid. This is how we want to um, be good parents. Because we didn't see a best example on both sides for parents, for either of us. So we were like, okay, how do we do this? And I think sometimes we... we wanted to raise, let me say this way, in our society, we are, the churches have taught parents to raise their kids to be nice Christians. <laughs> the problem is, is nice Christians don't make a change in the kingdom. They don't take ground in the kingdom. They get pacified. They become that tender dad and they get walked all over. A nice Christian is someone that's going to get walked over. They don't speak up for what is right. They, 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 well, I'm just Christian. It's not my job to, you know, I'm not going to talk about my beliefs on them because I don't want to offend anybody. We don't need nice Christians. We need terrific Christians. We need kingdom-minded Christians 
So when we were, we were talking about what we we're going to do, and we, well, we totally didn't plan the first one. It was like, oh, hey, surprise, we're, there's a baby coming. And we're like, oh, yeah, crap. Um, we weren't quite prepared for it. How many of you guys were ever prepared for your first child? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I don't think you're ever prepared, even for your first child when she's 20. You're like, you're my first child. I don't know what to do with you still, you know? You're 20. Now what do I do with you? No. no. Um, anyway, no. I don't think God's calling us to raise nice little children. God does not call men to raise nice little children. God called us to raise hell-stomping teeth, kicking for the kingdom. Yeah. We're not supposed to be passive. And I think in our culture, we've it's been for years it's taught dads to be passive and and it's like i was talking about earlier it's it's shown them as idiots and we're not idiots men who love god and follow god and raise their kids right are not idiots culture wants us to think dads are idiots why because masculinity is toxic threw up in my mouth a little bit when i said that the problem is masculinity is not toxic. When it is ungodly masculinity, that is toxic masculinity. When we follow the word of God, when we obey and we submit our lives to Christ, that is not toxic masculinity. When we abuse our family, when we neglect our family, that is toxic masculinity. That is not a masculinity at all. That's just pansyism. Masculinity is only from God. And it teaches us how to love our kids and love our wives and to be good fathers. But I didn't want to raise pansies. I wanted to raise some hell-stomping, teeth-kicking kids for the kingdom. I wasn't going to raise kids that are like, well, it's okay, I just don't believe that. No. And I didn't. We didn't. We raised two firecrackers that don't back down from a lot. By the way, good luck, guys. Proverbs 22.6 says this. It says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they learn from you will be with them for life. So when we raise them in the values of the kingdom, when we raise them in the, the biblical values of what God says in his word, when they learn them from us, they will not leave them. They will be with them for life. My question is, what are they learning from you? What are they learning from you? Are they learning the Word of God from you? Are they learning how to be, you know, a young man, a young woman from you? I, I, as a kid, I remember growing up in a very conservative group of people, and it was, the, it was not the man's job to teach the children. It was the woman's job to teach the children. It was the man's job to be the head of the household. And I'm, I'm sorry, that's not true. The man's job is to be the head of the household. The man's job is to raise his sons in the way they should go. His job is to raise his daughters and teach them what to look for in a godly man. What to look for in a man of God when they get ready to get married and how their sons should treat their future spouse. So don't, don't look at, well, it's a women's job to raise children. No, it is not. 
It is both of your jobs. I don't think that, that children can be well-rounded and, and well-educated uh, in the Word of God with both par- without both parents. They need the mother and they need the father to teach them both. They're going to learn different aspects of who God is and how he operates and how he loves us from both parents. But we need men who will lead their homes, love their children, and not be so focused on what they want. So my question is, what are they learning from you? What comes out of your mouth are they learning from you? What things are they repeating? They're like, oh, I don't want my kid to repeat that. Then we probably shouldn't be repeating that. For all the dads that are workaholics, you need to stop. I'm just saying. They need you more than you need the money, and they need the money. They need the dad in the house more than they need money. Money is not going to raise your kids. You can give them everything they want, but what do they do? They fall away from God. They need you present more than they need that present. The problem is, is we've had too many generations of young men thinking that they can still be a young man and, still, and be a father. There's a difference between a young man and a father. A father is the one who loves his kid, comes home, his kids comes home and takes care of them, loves them more than he loves himself. Problem is, is we got too many dads that want to come home and they want to, to be a child in the house and they're too busy playing video games than taking care of their kids. They're too busy doing their own thing. I got to go do this and I got to go do this. And it's like God put you in a place, gave you this season of life to raise your kids. Some of you are in the, the spot of your kids are all adults and you really have no say in their life anymore, but you can have influence in their life. Some of you have little ones. You have babies and, and kids that are toddlers. You have so much influence in their life. You can influence them so well right now. But by the time they're 10, 11, 12 years old, they're going to be so grounded in who, who they are because of who dad is. Your reflection of the father to them will, will depend on how you act. The problem is, is we have too many kids that don't know how to, to, uh, to, or too many men that don't know how to be fathers because they didn't have a good father because they don't know how the father in heaven characteristics and acting is. We have too many men that don't know how to be dads because they don't know who God is. So how you treat your children is a reflection of our Heavenly Father. Let's not screw that up. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We do, we do things. We have our moments. We have our seasons where we're whatever. But it, it's how we reflect the Father in heaven on a daily basis is how our kids are going to respond to the Father in heaven. A lot of people who have bad fathers don't know how to respond and, and 
interact with God as a father. They just see him as a Lord and a king and somebody who's ruling over them, but really he is a loving father that wants a relationship with us. But if you don't have a loving relationship with your own father, how are you going to understand who he is? And that's why we need men in the church to say, I'm going to be a good father. I'm going to raise my kids in the word of God. The, the, the main priority of our, when we, our kids were little was we are going to read to them. Because we wanted them to be able to learn to read early. But what we did is this, is we made sure that when we were reading to them, we were talking about the things of God. We were talking about who God was how much he loved them, how much we love them, and how much God loves them even more. And so when we were talking with them, when we were teaching them, it was always something would come back to God because we wanted them to understand who God was. We wanted them to have a better upbringing than we had for our families. We wanted them to have a solid foundation instead of waiting till they're an adult and then finding a, a good group of people and a church and saying, oh, now I have a good foundation. I wanted them to have it from the beginning. And you young fathers, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say you young fathers, you guys with young children, <laughs> you have a small period of time to do this. You have a, a short period of time to love your kids well and to do this. And I'm not putting pressure on you. What I'm saying is don't waste that time. Do not waste the time that you have with your kids because they're gone like this. They go from 2 to 12 like that. And they go from 12 to 24 like that. And then you're like, what happened? Days go, my wife and I were talking about this, days go slow, but years go fast. The moments you have, spend those moments you can. Don't worry about always worrying about, well, what the finances look like. You know, you guys all know Sue. Sue told, told Sarah this, and she told both of us this. She said, don't wor always worry about having all the finances. She goes, make those times to go and make the memories with your kids, even if you don't always have the most money in the world. Go do something with your kids because you have a short period of time. Those days, they feel like they drag on when you have kids, right? It's like, was this day ever going to end? I need to go to bed now. <laughs> but then like that, they're gone. And then they're four. And you're like, wait a minute. And then they're going to school. And then they graduate. And you're like, I'm getting old. But we have that, that quick moment. 18 years, 16 years, 17 years, whatever it is, goes by so quickly. And we have those moments. And I want you guys, I encourage you guys, come out of the garage sometimes come out of the, off the riding lawnmower or put them on the riding lawnmower with you. Make those moments because they are gone quick and the next thing you know, you have a grandchild. And then you're like, whoa, what the heck happened? No, 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 hold on. Hold on there. <laughs> but some of you older guys, you know that. It's like it went by like this and now you're like, oh, wait, I'm a grandpa. And I have grandkids, and you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? But God gives us his word to show us how to be godly men. Because why? 
He needs godly men to raise godly families for the next generation. Some of you guys, we've had really bad upbringings. You know, my family messed up, super messed up. Love them, but they're super messed up. My dad gave me one good thing. He taught me to be nurturing. And I love him for that. But we need dads that are going to be nurturing and are going to be rock solid and say, no, this is not how it's going to be. We have too many passive dads. That are, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Their feelings are going to get hurt a lot worse out in the world than they are by your, their own father. We need dads that are willing to stand up and say, no, you're not doing this. I don't care what you think or what you feel. It's not good for you. Yeah. We have too many dads that are like, oh, they're running towards the road. Stop, stop. Oh, you're running. Oh, 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 car hit him. Oh, we can have another one. <laughs> we have too many dads that are passive instead of screaming out, stop. Yeah, we, we, we let our kids run, Sarah just said, we let our kids run rampant in the spiritual. So I'm going to use Jaden Jordan as an example. So we're, they were at our house one day, and they have a, a, little, a little one named James. And if you all know him, he likes to run around. And this was last summer. I think it was last summer. And we're all sitting in there talking. You know, Jordan's there, Jade's there, and we're all talking. And we're like, where's James? And we see him heading towards the road. I didn't do anything but reach out and go, go, James, sit down now. And he just went. <laughs> he just like, it just dropped, it, dropped down. He's like, why did I yell at him? I didn't yell at him because I didn't like him. I yelled at him because I wanted him to be safe. And we need more dads that are willing to stand up in the spiritual and say, no, this is not going to happen in my family. We need more dads that are going to say no to their children and say, this is not what God does. What God does, we do. What God doesn't do, we don't do. But what we've done is we've pacified in the spiritual. We're like, oh, I just love my kids. And we've let our kids go into a spiritual wilderness and they don't come out of it till they're, if ever, or come out until they're adults and find some place that will accept them. Or they go off into some weird religious nonsense. The most important thing you can teach your kids is this, submitting themselves to Christ. We need more dads concerned about where their kids are going when eternity comes. Where are your kids going to spend eternity? We need more dads that are concerned about that. Instead of, well, I bought them the Xbox. They're happy. Sorry, Xbox don't work in hell. I would rather give my kid bread and water and know they're going to go to heaven and be with Christ for eternity than give them an Xbox and say, oh, well, I love them and I gave them an Xbox and then send them to hell because I did not teach them what it was to follow Christ, submit themselves to Christ, and to walk like Christ. Good. Kids are having fun down there, it sounds like. First Corinthians 11.1. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That is the guideline goal post. It doesn't move for guys. Follow my example as I follow Christ's example. Guys, that is where we, we go. We follow Christ. The goal post doesn't move. We follow Christ. 
and our hopefully, if we do it right, our kids will follow our example as we follow Christ. Making mistakes? Yes, absolutely. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have those moments, and I'm not justifying them. I'm saying you're going to have those moments, but love your kids and repent to your kids. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, and I'm sorry I haven't done that all the time, but I love you, and you mean more, you mean more to me than... <laughs> but I haven't done that all the time, and that, that sometimes our pride gets in the way. We need to uh, go to our kids, and sometimes it's a begging them for forgiveness and saying, I screwed up, because I've screwed up. I screwed up at least once a week. And sometimes we just need to go to our kids and say, yeah, I messed up. We tell our kids all the time, yeah, we messed you up when we were, we were younger, especially our oldest. You know, when we were young and we we're inexperienced, yeah, we messed Layla up a lot. We messed her up because we didn't know. We had no one to tell us how to raise godly kids at first. We found somebody that would show us how to raise godly kids. And we do apologize to her on a regular basis. We're like, sorry, you're so weird. And so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But guys, our goalpost, our guiding, our, our chalk line is Christ. And as we follow him, if we are going to follow him, our kids will follow us. They may not do it the way we do. They may not act the way we do. But if we teach them how to follow Christ, they will follow Christ as we do. So let's, let, let's go out there and let's try to be terrific dads. Love our kids well, love our wives well, but also stand up and say, no, you're not coming into my house. This spiritual thing's not coming into my house. This person's not coming into my house. This lifestyle's not coming into my house. We're not going to accept that. You know how many boys I've had to just shoo out of my house? I have two beautiful daughters. You know how many boys I've said, ah, I don't really like you here. You're, nope, that one's not coming back to our house. I did that with a lot of them, especially for this one. And then this weirdo shows up. <laughs> I was like, this one can stay. You know, I was like, you know, I, there was like five guys coming to my house. Like, is Lana home? Can we hang out here? I'm like, you're hanging out because I'm here? You're, no, you're not hanging out because I'm here. I'm not that cool. But they were showing up and I was like, Nope, that one's not going to last long. I don't, I don't like the way that one does that. He's gone. Yeah, and th then th this guy shows up, and I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> and, um, but you know what? He stuck around, and he's treated her well, and he lo loves her well. But that's the thing is, we have to put, sometimes we have to shut the door for things on our, as dads, shut the door to physical things, spiritual things, and say, no, this is not how it's going to work in our house. This is not what's going to happen in our house. These are not the spirits that we invite into our house. You know, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But I think it goes even deeper. As for me and our, excuse me, we should say it this way. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and we will only invite the Holy Spirit into our house. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the only spirit welcome in our house. Anything else, you're out. You're gone. Don't, you're not welcome here. So let's go out, let's be terrific dads, let's be biblical dads, let's look at the heart of the Father and say, I am going to love my kids, I'm going to serve my kids, I'm going to lead my kids like God led his children. Let's love them well, let's lead them well, and that way when they're adults, they don't look back and go <sighs> to their psychiatrist and their therapist and go, I don't know, 
I don't know where this all stemmed from. Everything in our child's life stems from the parents. It is our job to lead well so we don't put our kids in therapy. <laughs> no. I'm not laughing about therapy. I'm just laughing about you know, not putting your kids in therapy. So anyway, let's pray.